Welcome to the Builder Circle Podcast, your go-to source for all things construction. In each episode, we explore the latest trends, technologies, and insights in the industry. Whether you're a builder, contractor, architect, engineer, or simply someone who's interested in the world of construction, you're sure to find something valuable in each and every episode of the Builder Circle podcast. So sit back, relax, and join us as we embark on this exciting journey of discovery and exploration. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Build a Circle podcast, where we bring you interviews with leaders and innovators in the construction industry. I'm your host, Dimitri, and today we have a very special guest joining us, Derek, the owner and operator of GCS Glass, a company specializing in providing top quality glass and glazing solutions for both residential and commercial projects. Derek and I actually created this podcast idea together about two and a half years ago until we shelved it up on a bookshelf, and believe it or not, we brought it right to life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Derek. Well, thanks for finally getting this together. I know we've both been busy and, you know, life life happens. We've both had kids since we first uh, yeah. first thought of this and, you know, like I said, we just kind of put it away and here it is. Life came super quick, man. Uh, you had a daughter. Yeah, I had a daughter. Awesome. You just had a, a baby boy. Yep. You had a daughter in this time. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I just had a... I was 16 month old, and then uh, we're having one in July. So, uh, two baby girls, thank you so much. So, um, just kind of jumping into it, right? Um, we wanted to create a podcast of how uh, construction individuals leverage technology within their day to day, but also like younger individuals and how they're kind of uh, progressing within the construction realm. Uh, so, Derek and I kind of threw this idea together of getting younger individuals within the construction realm. And, and throwing it into a podcast. I know a lot of people are doing it, but they won't be as unique uh, as what we're going to do. We're bringing kind of a New York Long Island flair into it. I have a technology background, um, and the people that we're talking to may or may not have one, or may have some construction uh, uh, knowledge as well too. So um, we'll just kind of jump right into it. All right, Derek, uh, tell us a little about yourself and what inspired you to start working with GCS Class. So I started doing glass about in 2012. I was living up in New Hampshire. Uh, my neighbor, who's you know one of my closest friends now, Kyle, he owns a big glass company up there. And yeah. I got working with him while I was off because I was working like a month on, a month off on the tugboats. And uh, while I was off, I was doing glass. Tugboats? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, Tell the people a little bit about that. That's awesome. So yeah, I went to New York Maritime and you know got my license out of school, started sailing. Uh, did that for a while, you know, ran made on old tugboats in the harbor, up and down the coast, pushing oil, gasoline, jet fuel, you know, any kind of construction material. And, you know, it was great. It was a lot of fun, and I had a lot of time off. I wasn't living in New York. I moved up to New Hampshire sure. to get away from the taxes. Isn't <laughs> uh, you know, that the case? Yeah. And then I met my wife, and I'm back here in New York, and uh, not on the boats. Not on the um, boats. You know, we have a family, and it's just not conducive to, you know, that life. Sure. I want to see my daughter at night and you know in the morning and buddy makes sense. Don't still trying to build that life around that. I mean, I still do stuff on the boats here and there, but you know, primarily you know I'm pushing GCS glass, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was on my own for a while, and then you know I met Brandon and Chance, my two partners in the business, and awesome. they have locations in other states, uh, with Phoenix, Denver, 
Oh, so it's a franchise. No, it's not a franchise. It's just a partnership. Partnership, um, and so, they have different regions. Yeah. So oh, great. Phoenix, uh, Phoenix was the that's like the headquarters. That was the first place that Brandon started. Cool. And then uh, Chance was down in Austin. That's a GCS Austin. Yeah. And then, uh, Santa Cruz, they just opened up, and they have Denver. And then I'm, you know, I'm in New York. That's amazing. We're looking at 50 new locations in five years. That's a goal. Wow. Expanding. Yeah. Um, you know, Brandon's made the Inc. 500 list. Uh, with wow. Like Five thousand. Well, we got to get him on the podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's great. I mean, he's built a lot of the software we use, like a lot of the technology that you know you want to talk about. We built, well, he's built all the you know the workup programs, the follow up, which he just released to the public for contractors, cool. and that's like a pretty much a, a AI assistant, and you can set it up however you need for your business, and you Beautiful. can kind of you know make it work for you. So as a solo business owner, you can have an extra set of hands answering the phone or at least texting back after you miss a call because. Most of us, you're on the job. You can't yeah. pick up every call. Yeah. But missed calls is missed work. So if you can have an automatic reply and then kind of keep the conversation flowing until you're able to call back, um, that's what he created and it works well. I, you know, especially in this industry now, I think technology plays like a vital role in how we control our day-to-day. Uh, AI has played a huge role in the way uh, I own a company, Optimus Primers, we're a commercial painting company. We leverage uh, AI just for uh, creating social media posts or communications to uh, the masses, right? So like we can put into it, hey, do this, this, and this for us, add these things, create some hashtags, and it really filters out all of the fluff and just gets straight to the point and helps us out with our posts. We'll dive into that a little bit later. Uh, So, all right, so what inspired you to start the company? Obviously you worked with someone and then you kind of gotten into glass. Yeah, so Uh, I mean, I grew up in the, you know, construction realm. My dad, my grandfather, everybody was in it. They were all contractors in the city and, you know, my grandpa's a cabinet maker. So I was always in the construction world. Sure. You know, I I liked it, you know, but I liked shipping more at the time. And, uh, but now I like the finish end of it. I like seeing the project end with the glass. I don't want to be, you know, I pounded nails, I did the sheetrock, and I got fired by my dad more times than that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like the finish work. I like meeting with the clients, and I like, you know, seeing the project done with glass, whether it's a glass gym, you know, mirror walls, showers, yeah. railings, a lot of glass railings coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's cool. So is that like... Uh so, so, so it's like the modern way of doing things now, leveraging more glass. Are you seeing that like being like- Yeah, I mean, it's frameless glass. So yeah. it's not like the old school, like we're replacing a lot of the old frameless stuff with frameless. So sure. you don't have the frames, it's heavier glass. Yeah. It's big glass, you know, we're out in the Hamptons a lot. A lot of these clients are, you know, 10 foot ceiling. So the wow. glass goes all the way to the ceiling, it's heavy. So you're doing more like high-end uh, residential, let's yes. call it. Cool. Yeah, that's what we. Uh, that's our niche. Um, but we do everything from a single shower door to glass walls and railings and uh, you know, anything like that. So what is like the most common glass and glazing solutions your, your company provides? Is there like different glazes, different sheens, like a paint? Or? So, I mean, generally, I mean, there's two types of glass and a lot of people, you know, they, uh, they think clear glass is clear glass, but clear glass actually has a lot of iron in it mm-hmm. and it gives it a little bit of a green hue. Oh, is that what that green hue is? Yeah. So the low Why iron, do they use the iron? Is it just... It's to, just in the glass um, yeah. naturally. And then they pull the low, the low iron glasses, they pull a lot of the iron out. That gives you that crystal clear glass. Okay. More of the blue edge on it that you see. Does the iron make it stronger in any case? No. No. It no? just changes the, the makeup of the glass so the, you know, the color's a little bit different. Yeah. But a lot of these homes, when you're using white tiles and white paints and lighter paint colors when you're, you're in a house. Yeah. And you put big sheet of glass, you don't notice it on the window, but yeah. if you put a big 10 foot tall piece of glass in front of a white wall, it gives it a little bit of a green look. Sure. Where you use the low iron, the ultra clear, the starfire, whatever, you know, they're calling it. Yeah. You know, it gives you that picture perfect, you know, clean, crisp look. And but, like, you use that 
For like a commercial environment too, like a storefront, or are you using different types of glass. Storefronts generally, you know, the clear glass. Yeah. Um, but you know, residential wine rooms, gyms, showers, especially. Um, you know, glass railings. A lot yeah. Of yeah. You told me the other day you use a piece of glass so someone can look through their bar into there. Yeah, we're working on that project now. It's pretty cool. That guy's building a the builder's building his house. And he's uh, he's building a, like a bar room. Yeah. And down below that's gonna be his wine cellar. Yeah. So we're gonna put a triple laminated piece of glass. What does that mean, triple laminated? So it's three pieces of half inch glass with a plastic laminated you know core yeah. in between yeah. each. Uh-huh. So if it breaks, it holds together. Oh wow. Um, so it's a safety glass. So it's uh, so if it cracks or anything, it doesn't just fall apart. The plastic holds it together. Yeah. You walk on it. Yeah. Oh, I think we're good, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'll weight test everything. I weight test ladders and floors and stairs. Oh, uh, man. So what are the, uh, like, kind of latest trends and technologies you guys are using within the glazing industry? I know, uh, you know, one of your partners created that, that AI software-infused yeah, uh, so technology. Yeah, so it's pretty much, you know, big for us because that's, yeah. you know, when I'm out measuring a job, the phone's always ringing. Like, yeah. if it's ringing right now, yeah. you know, they're automatically going to get a text like, hey, can we help you with glass? And, like, there's options. And, like, you know, depending, it's all, like, linked to their response. So, keywords, sure. they'll get an automatic response until I can get back and call yeah. or text back. And it kind of just keeps the conversation flowing. Yeah. And, I mean, it's to the point where, like, by the time I see a missed call, sometimes I already have a picture from the client, dimensions from the client, and my office has already quoted it. Oh, wow. So I'm just calling back to, hey, you know. Confirm. Yeah, confirm. Get a, you know, a human on the line, yeah. let's call and it. And being, you know, just voice. now, like, Long Island, a lot of people, you know, they say Long Island's an island, but it's, it's big. Oh, yeah. I mean, to get from, you know, I live out in Senate Riches to Montauk, yeah. you know, is an hour and a half, but to get back to Queens is two hours. So for me to drive around and just measure clients to give them oh, a quote, yeah. like we do a free text quote. You text a picture of your shower, rough dimensions, and we can bang out a quote, you know, in five, ten minutes. You yeah. Know, and get your quote quick, effective, and it's you know, as long as your numbers aren't way off, we can quote that way. We don't you know, we don't need to be on site to give you a quote. You brought up a good point about uh, just covering the islands. Um, you being in a specific specialty industry, have you ever just Try to dial in a county instead of the entire island? Like, how does that look for you guys? I mean, I think our goal is to have uh, multiple locations on Long Island, sure. but where we're at now, um, and we're definitely ramping it up, a lot of our work's in the Hamptons and the North Shore of Long Island. Okay. But, I mean, we cover every town in between, and, you know, we have, you know, our guys out in the Hamptons, and then we have guys, you know, doing residential, normal residential stuff. You have a fairly big crew, it sounds like. Yeah, so we got a full-time crew. We got part-time guys that we can pull in when yeah. needed. Um, you know, it's one of those things, scaling. That yeah. was always my problem. That's why I partnered with GCS was because scaling is always the issue in a business when sure. you're on your own. Yeah. So you either work in your business or on your business, and I wasn't able to work on it. I had the same issue with uh, residential clients. You know, it was very difficult to scale, not based on uh, working on the business, but working the actual trade. For instance, you know, when you go and sell a job as an owner of a company, the customer is purchasing you as the owner, right? Uh, And they're also going to purchase what you sell. Uh, A lot of times, if you have a larger residential crew, you can never really deliver the way that said painter is going to, you know, finish the job, right? So it's very difficult to scale residential because there's so much Mm -hmm. hand-holding, you know, and, and, and from a residential painting side, we're not on the job site for a few hours, right? I mean, installing glass could take what, uh? Maybe an hour, maybe all day, right? Yeah. I could be on a job site for three, four weeks in yeah. a residential home. So 
it, it, it's a little bit more cumbersome. Um, but I totally get it. Scalability is, is, is huge in this industry. So, I mean, while we're talking about your you know, GCS class, what sets it apart from other class companies? I mean, just, uh, you know, we pride ourselves on quality. We pride ourselves on just the idea that we're able to connect with the clients faster and easier, like just make it a smooth process. A lot of guys don't even pick up the phone. So for us to get back on it, we make sure we always answer every call, every text by the end of the day. At least we try our best to, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we always try to go above and beyond for the client. You know, yeah. we, you know, when we leave that bathroom or that room, we try to make it as clean as possible, clean as it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's times where there's still construction going on in the house and, you know, sometimes jobs get broken up into different stages. But, like, start to finish, what I find and what I've heard from clients is that we're the most responsive. And being responsive to clients, like, quick turnaround for quotes, answering the phone, calling back. Yeah. I've had more times than not people say, you know, I'm not, you know, you guys answer me. I'm waiting on three other people. You guys got the job. Yeah. You know, just turn around, you know, get get a conversation going, yeah. see what they need, deliver on it. And, you know, they trust that you're going to do the job right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think communication is key within any industry, making sure that you're able to get to that customer in time because everyone's always in a rush. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we've become this kind of uh, this... Uh, how do I say it? Consumers that are always like ready to go. Like we yeah. want a delivery notice. We want to know when our pro- product is coming, whether it's an Amazon package or whether it's painting or whether it's glass being installed. Everything's kind of in the know. So having that communication to your customers is super important. So I, I get where you're coming from from that. So, I mean, as you know, you're, you're progressing GCS class and you saw some scalability issues. What are other uh, or some other biggest challenges that you faced? As a business owner for GCS class, I think it's just the clients. You know, dealing with the clients because everybody's different. Yeah, personalities are different across the board. So each and every client is, you know, has different needs and wants and expectations. And we have our, you know, goals and expectations. But you have to, you have to form a relationship with each client, yeah. especially with like builders and project managers. You know, everybody's different. But if you build that relationship and you know, that trust that you're going to get the job done or if there's a problem, because there's always problems. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that, I know that, it's disruption, something always, there's always something little. Something's always going to yeah. right. So yeah. like as long as they know or they have the confidence that you're going to make it right, you're going to fix the problem yeah. and it's not never going to be like a point the finger kind of thing. Sure. Fix the problem, they trust you. I mean, just building that relationship is always the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. And once you build that relationship, I think the long-term relationships, you know, last longer. Yeah. But a lot of guys are our age now. Yeah. Like a lot of the project managers are all in our age group. And you see the older project managers, they've been using their glass guys or painters for a long time. But the new guys, they want they want to build their own circle. Sure. They want to have their own guys that they can rely on. Um, do things a little bit quicker as far as, you know, follow-up and communication where it's not, you know, pen and paper and, you know, two weeks I'll get back to you. Yeah. Um, so we're in a good time where a lot of these uh, these builders and stuff are younger now. Yeah. And the project managers are younger. So I feel like we're going to grow in the industry together and we're all going to have each other's back and help each other out. Yeah. And it's uh, there's plenty of work for everybody. So uh, you, you talk about clients. Um, are you dealing with more the homeowner, the contractor, um, you know, property management or property management companies? Like what's your ideal customer? So, I mean, it's on different levels. We have, there's no ideal say, but we do deal with our residential clients and that's nice because you're dealing directly with them. 
Uh, you get to meet the client. You get to see their reaction from you know before the project's done to after. Especially if we're pulling out an old unit, mm-hmm. you know, a framed unit from 20, 30 years ago. It's mm-hmm. all gunked up. Mm-hmm. You know, we replace it with new glass, and you know, they love it. So it's nice seeing that progression. Mm-hmm. But then on the other other side, with the builders and the investors that are building these big homes. You never, I, I never get to meet the actual end user. Sure. So you're just dealing with a project manager through the project. Yeah. You don't get that same, you know, like awe effect. Yeah, you yeah. know, but you get, you know, the satisfaction of the builder, which yeah. is on a different level. You know, same, sure. same satisfaction, but it's different. I know you post a lot on like social media and all that stuff. Have you ever had a customer from a GC that you didn't meet the end user and say, "Oh my God, that's my shower"? Or no, but like. Uh, Scale bill, like having locations of the places. I was in a basement of some house in the Hamptons yeah. a few months ago, and there was a, a woman walking by, and I said hello, and she asked who I was and who I was with, and I, I'm assuming she was either a designer or one of these you know, yeah. people in the house, and I said, oh, I'm with GCS Glass. And she was like, oh, GCS Glass, uh, California. You know, I, I've worked with you in another state. Oh, wow. And like that was nice, and I called Brandon and told him. That's and like cool. that was good, like the branding. and State to state familiarity, on. that's huge. You know, yeah. branding... Especially plays, in this economy, oh, branding's huge. Yeah, yeah, it plays a huge part. Um, you know, and the steps necessary to take that branding into place. I, again, there's certain technologies out there now that, you know, younger entrepreneurs can leverage, like, for instance, Fiverr. You know, it's a great website. I've used it myself where they can, you know, kind of put a description, uh, create an ad, source it out to a designer. Next thing you know, you got a whole a branding plan. And uh, a logo, business cards, email signatures, you know, cover pages, mm-hmm. the works. So that's, that's pretty cool. Branding is definitely important. So I did have a, uh, a kind of like a crazy question because it falls kind of under the, the painting realm. We use a lot of eco-friendly products. Is there like uh, any like eco-friendly or uh, sustainability or eco-friendliness with your products or, or services? For instance, like if you dispose of glass, is there a special way of disposing of glass? No, but I think, um, you know, glass in general is pretty eco-friendly um, from a point of it's not a plastic, you know, it's it's not uh, in, it's not hurting the environment. Yeah. And I mean, if that glass at the end of it, tempered glass, I mean, I've seen people break it up and use it in fire pits and really? you know, do silly stuff like that. I mean, That's at the end cool. of the day, you break it all up, it, you know, tempered glass, yeah. and you can get rid of it. I mean, yeah. environmentally, I don't think it's damaging. Yeah. Um, is, is there like a... Like a used market for glass and stuff like. I mean, once it's tempered, you can't do anything with it. So yeah. once the glass is tempered, you can't recut it. You can't, can't drill a hole. It just know, shatters. That's right? it. Yeah. So I mean, once it's tempered, glass is kind of fit for that space. What's like the craziest installment of glass you've done thus far in your career? Um, I mean, some of these gyms they just keep getting bigger, honestly, and it's not even like crazy. It's just the glass is heavy, and I don't know if people realize glass is heavy, and like <laughs> yeah. you know they want this glass, and it's like the ceilings are ten feet tall, and yeah. they want one panel, and they're yeah. five six feet wide, and you're using half inch sapphire glass, and you know half inch glass is about six and a half pounds per square foot. That's crazy. And then you're trying to get this thing down a set of stairs. I'm um, like the other day. Yeah, the, yeah. And the other day we uh, we had a delivery of mirror. We talked and, about this, yeah. right? You were building out. That, yeah. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah. So we uh, we went. I went to a job and we priced out a mirror job and yeah. the house was on the construction. A beautiful home on the beach. I'm like, where at in the Hamptons? Right out in Montauk. And oh, I'm, cool. I'm looking at the job. I'm like, oh, you know, we're gonna have access. Like this house is gigantic. <laughs> Thousands of square feet. It's beautiful. <laughs> there's gotta be. You know, there's gonna be a beautiful staircase right where yeah, this dirt yeah, is. Yeah. You know? yeah. And the guys show up Saturday with you know. 13 pounds of glass, 1,500 pounds in total, and I get a call Saturday morning, 7 o'clock. We can't, there's no way to get the glass in. What do yeah. you mean? I was on I mean that, there's no way to get a glass I was on in. that text message on the receiving end. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, what do you mean? They sent me a picture, and there's a dune right. straight down, and there's a zigzag walkway into oh, this beautiful man. home. Yeah. And he's like, the sheets are 100 inch by 50 inch. Wow. And it's plate glass. 
his stuff's not tempered. So yeah. Builder right away was like, he, just, he was like, just carry it down the dune. I'm like, yeah. safety wise, I'm not having a guy dune. carry it down the dune. Like, yeah. if it breaks, somebody's gonna get very hurt. So anyway, um, so yeah, I can only imagine like the insurance is probably through the roof in some cases, right? Yeah, for, for sure. And like, you know, and it comes to a point. I'm sure you've dealt with it where, you know, at what point do you like? You sometimes you have to turn away a job. Well, you don't bid on a job because, you know, you talk to the insurance company and you're like, well, you're not covered for that. Yeah. And you're like, all right, well, what's the coverage going to be? And they tell you the price. Me and Brandon and Chance were talking about this for one of the, one of the big builders. And it is a track built, you know, property, 47 homes. And does the insurance bill, you know, allow you to do, like, if you win the bid and you pay for the insurance for this one project, does it pay to have the insurance? Because some of them you need to carry the insurance for five, six, seven years. Sure. So if that's only the one job that you're doing, is it worth it for that one job? Yeah. So it's you know that's the one another thing with scaling. At what point do you take that burden of that extra insurance to maybe get that other you know job, or do you just stick with what you're doing? I think you know one of the major challenges any young entrepreneur coming into the construction industry in the state of New York is going to have a very challenging time with insurance. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, personally, with with Optimus Primers, we have a lot of um, uh, insurance regulations that we need to abide by with these larger buildings. But I choose to be where I do my work, mm-hmm. right? So, for instance, let's say a contractor does work in the city; he's going to pay a higher premium mm-hmm. versus a guy who's going to do work in, you know, let's say Waiting River, mm-hmm. um, and. The more, you know, letter of subrogations or, you know, the people you add onto your insurance for your COI purposes, uh, your certificate of uh, insurance, um, you're going to see those premiums start getting higher and higher. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane. I know that we are part of the uh, Libby, which is Long Island Business Institute. And when you're part of that group, they actually offer you some workman's comp insurance benefits. We should probably definitely talk about in, yeah. the, in the near future here. But yeah, insurance is just a big, a big, uh, uh, big issue. So you, you talked about like carrying glass. Do you guys ever bring in like cranes or? Well, for this job, they actually had a crane on site. So I talked to you that one night and I, you know, I went to my shop at, you know, 11 o'clock at night and built a custom glass crate. And then yeah. Sunday night, me and one of the guys that worked for me, Matt, you have pictures or videos or any of that? I got a picture of what we built and then... I want to cut that into this video here so you guys yeah, see so what he Sunday, built. Like. Sunday night, we drove out there, me and Matt, at 10 o'clock at night, drove to Montauk. Right in between the rainstorms, the crazy rain that we're having, and we got up to his house, and it was blowing every bit of 30, 40 knots on the top of this. <laughs> yeah, I, was and I, say, I put the I put that the, was Saturday or Sunday. Sunday night. And I put the crate out there, and I'm looking at it, going, "I really hope this holds together." Oh, I yeah, have yeah. more screws in that thing than it did. <laughs> and we put all the glass in it, and yeah. we buttoned it up, wrapped it up with uh, you know styrofoam and stuff. Sure. I looked at it. I gave it a little push. I was like, "I think she's good." Yeah. And then uh, you know, Tuesday, Monday morning, I drove out there. And the crane operator got delayed because of the wind. Sure. And, uh, you know, I hadn't heard anything Monday afternoon. And then today I finally texted. I said, what's the deal with the glass? Is it, where is it? Yeah. You know, and he said, glass down was the response that I got. Oh, that's and good. And my response was, well, gl- well, glass. Shattered? Or yeah, I said, like, glass down. Has it touched down safely? Safely or broke? And his response was safe. And that's I was cool. like, all right, that's all I needed to know there. So. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So... I mean, I, it sounds like you work in some pretty unique and like high-end places. Like what it's like, give us like top three coolest places you've installed some glass. So actually the job I was on today was pretty cool. I'm measuring for a bunch of railings, about 120 feet. And the house is uh, all curtain wall glass on the backside. Mm. It's about three stories on a hill. 
overlooking the Long Island Sound. Oh, wow. And we're doing on the roof, we're doing a big glass railing, like square. Sure. So you walk out of like a gangway, and mm-hmm. there's the old glass railing around that. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool project that we're working what on. What do they, what like, what kind of finishings do they use? Is it like brass, copper tones, blacks, uh, bronze, or... So for all the exterior stuff, it's usually stainless, mm-hmm. um, and then stainless is either powder coated, polished, or brushed. Sure. Uh, for the interior, most of our channels are aluminum, and all of our hardware, the handles, the hinges are all brass, mm-hmm. and they're all finished, you know, differently. I saw on Instagram that there was this guy, and he had a little hammer and a nail, and there was a glass, and he hit the middle of it, and he shattered. Like, yeah, what is that, that ripple? About? So it's a laminated glass, and they're doing that like uh, crackle effect. Mm-hmm. So when you crack the glass, it's still that's the laminated glass. I was telling you, it's stuck together when it breaks. Mm-hmm. So it's actually glued together. So when it breaks, it sticks on that glass. That's, that's like safe, right? So, like, so one side. I mean, I, I haven't done it. I don't plan <laughs> on doing it. Yeah. You know, I don't like breaking glass. That's my one rule: don't yeah. break the glass. I yeah. tell all the guys that. Yeah. Um, but. You know, it's, it's cool. I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, fads that come in and out with glass. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, just like bathrooms and everything, is these, you know, they come in and out. And I think glass is something that just comes back around. Glass is always going to be there, whether it's framed, unframed. Now grids is really big. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants grid patterns. Grids are like where you see the That's, window frames, yeah. let's call it. Is it in the glass? Is it laminated on the glass? So, like, how does that work? So... With us, you know, we've always um, adhered them with a back-to-back tape. Mm-hmm. They're aluminum on top, or just on the outside. You don't want them on the inside. Sure. But um, now, with the technology today, we're able to have glass printed. So the grids now, we're trying to push the printing process because it's in the glass. It doesn't fade. It doesn't chip. Um, there's no, like, tape involved, anything, and we can change the pattern. Like, we're restricted with our metal grids to what metal comes in finished. Sure. Three-quarter, five-eighths inch. With the printed grids, I can do any design, any pattern. I can do pictures. I just had a picture of my daughter and my son printed on a piece of glass. Oh, really? Um, sunset pictures. Any high-definition photo we can print. Yeah. Um, grids we can print, but we can change the thickness of the printing lines. Oh, really? Um, we're doing a wine room. So that's in the glass itself? Yeah, it's like on the surface of the glass. But, but you can't... Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's really good. You can't um, scratch maybe, it off or... No, it doesn't, doesn't chip. It doesn't peel off. It doesn't oh, fade with cool. the sun. Yes. Um, you don't need to worry about soap scum buildup on it. Um, it's really sharp, and you can really customize your project. Yeah. Um, and we're doing, like, we can do fades with white colors. We can do yeah. blacks. We can do all different colors. Question, is this something you have to do before the glass is installed, or? Yeah. No, this is done, you know, during the tempering process and during the fabrication process. So, you know, this is when it's all taken care of. What's, like, uh, for instance, I know there's two different factors from, like, the contractor and the end user. Uh, let's say an end user calls you and says, uh, GCS glass, when can you get out here to do my glass? And I know it's all on how big the, 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 the project is, but let's just say a standard, you know, six by eight bathroom. He's got a five by seven foot shower that he wants to install or she wants to install some glass. Yeah, so if generally if somebody calls me for a shower, I try to get them a quote within, you know, a few hours that day. Five minutes is our goal. Really? Wow. To get them a five call. minute turnaround. Like but you know, with um, you know, depending on the time of day that they call, yeah. you know, sometimes I get calls seven o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, and that by that time our estimators are out of the office. Like yeah. So the next morning they get on it. But if during business hours, I try to get you the quote that day, mm-hmm. and I try to be on site within two days. Yeah. To do final measurements. Yeah. Um, once the final measurements are done and we get a deposit because we have to take deposits and it's all custom. Sure, hundred percent. Um, and then you know usually. We try to keep our lead times about three weeks. And oh, that's, you know, that's not, you know. It's not horrible and that's, that's, that's yeah, great, honestly. But we try to stay consistent with the three weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, during COVID, 
you know, obviously a lot of lead times got dragged out. Mm-hmm. Um, during the winter time, we can get down to about two, two and a half weeks. Summertime, it might go out to three and a half. And that's all part of that scaling. Um, sure. You know, it's a lot of jobs and it's manpower. And getting the jobs completed on time is a big factor, especially with builders. Yeah, um, yeah. You brought so, up a key word, man. Um, COVID, right? So um, I started my business during COVID. I know you were kind of in the midst and you had already progressed your business within COVID. Um, how did that affect your business growth? How did you kind of use COVID to help grow your business? I mean, so for us, I mean, it worked out well because a lot of a lot of the city folk they moved out. Yeah, they got out of the city. They moved out to the Hamptons. They went to their second homes. And after they spent a month or two in their homes that were just summer homes for a long time, yeah, they wanted to make it home. They right. wanted to, you know, upgrade their homes. They wanted to renovate. Yeah. They wanted to change things. Just they were just there for the summers. Now they're there for indefinitely yeah. until you know whatever you know they were allowed to do. So sure. we we picked up a lot of work that way. We kind of worked through it. It definitely slowed down, um, but it definitely we were consistent through the whole time. Yeah, and our lead time stayed consistent. That was one of the driving forces to partner with Brandon and Chance was. As a small business owner, I was only able to get so much hardware and the glass companies were really catering to the larger companies, like the glass manufacturing companies. Yeah. So when we joined forces, per se, um, you know, we were able to get hardware. We didn't have a problem getting hardware. Yeah. And we were able to go to our glass so, like, Look, it's not just it's not just Derek and yeah. Seaglass. It's it's a national it's company. GCS yeah. Glass, and what are you going to do for us? Yeah, like you can't find it in Long Island. You can't find it in Jersey. Let's call California. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that's I great. mean, it worked out well for us. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, and it's still going. I mean, a lot of people are still building. We saw very similar things happening within the painting realm as well too. You could only imagine how many people were sitting, whether it was in their home office, their kitchen, their living room, because people were spending more time with their family, believe it or not. People needed a change. They needed a a paint. They needed color, vibrance, a refresh, whatever the case may be. I think a lot of contractors within the island saw a huge. Yeah, I think some had the best years. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, 2019, 2020 was a huge, huge year for us mm-hmm. um, as we were growing. Uh, I know 2022 was was a little rough for some people because people were getting back to work as far as construction. Um, and I know this year has been very tough, or excuse me, last year has been very tough for a lot of people, especially electricians, believe it or not. I've heard a yeah. lot of electricians are having difficulty finding parts, um, boxes, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. But uh, yeah, that's great, man. Great. So like... COVID, right? Kind of helped you grow a little bit. Was there like like any severe challenges working with COVID? I think it was just you had to stay on top of the manufacturers, make sure that your lead times are correct because they did change and mm-hmm. make sure you kept an open line of communication with your clients. Yeah. And I think just, and once again, going back to the clients, like dealing with residential with homes that people are living in yeah. during COVID, yeah. you had to feel out your client. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people were cool with you coming in, mm-hmm. doing your job and leaving. Yeah. Some people wanted to leave the house when you were there. Some yeah. people wanted you in booties, masks, gloves, everything. Sure. Um, we so saw it too. You had to, you know, you had to feel it out and, you know, you have to please the client. And, yeah. you know, no matter how you felt about it personally, you had to put that aside. Yeah. And you needed to try to, you know, form that relationship with the client that they can trust you that you weren't going to get them sick or their family sick. Whether it's COVID or not, I think, you know, making sure the client is always happy is super important for us i mean we're in the service industry so you know we try to make sure that that always happens and sometimes it's not always the case have you been in that situation yeah um 
I found out very quickly you can't make everybody happy, <laughs> no matter how hard you try. And I think a lot of it comes down to communication. Yeah. Um, we had uh, two clients last year, you know, just two, but they were big clients. Not, not big like builder clients, but big jobs for us, uh, multiple showers. And, you know, like, I'm not sure if they, you know, if the clients were just looking to get a freebie or however it may be, but the way it shook out was that we lost. And that, you know, in our industry, and especially with credit cards now, one of the issues we had, we installed three showers in one lady's house. Mm -hmm. They came out beautiful. Mm -hmm. Some of the custom Alice grid printing. Sure. Um, sliders. Well, so you've invested some, you know, heavy dollars into creating yep. glasses. And the, I think it was the first of this year we got a chargeback on our card. Really? Seven, $7,800. That's a big number. And, uh, you know, we asked and they said, well, she said, you know, the job was incomplete. And I had pictures, yeah. we had a signed agreement, yeah. everything showed it, and the credit card company said, no, that's I, not enough. And I, I don't know what would I be I hate enough. to ask, but I know a credit card company that would do that. Did it happen to be the big one, with, starting with an A? Um, honestly, I don't know, because yeah. we let the lawyers deal with it, and yeah. we sent out some letters, yeah. and we're probably going to end up going to court over that. Yeah. I mean... Are these are normal things that happen this, in the industry. Unfortunately, yeah. and it's, it's credit cards is hard. That's why a lot of guys got away from it. They, they yeah. check in cash. Yeah. Um, we, I, I like, I don't like taking cash. Yeah. No. Um, I like everything being tracked for accounting purposes. I yeah. like knowing what, seeing where the money's going because yeah. I'm pretty bad at like just spending money. Like you know, if I need things, but sure. if I'm able to look back and see like, oh, I kind of overspent on this stuff, mm -hmm. but I need to spend more here. It's mm -hmm. easier to track than just cash. cash. So you spend a lot of cash. Oh, you hear that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's, uh, cash is a lot harder to track. I was talking to your wife there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I totally get it. Um, you know, and, you know, being in the positions that we are today, growing our businesses, cash doesn't really help us out. I mean, we have customers that come up to us and say, hey, what if I give you cash? Will it help me out? Yeah. And honestly, I have the same bills. I have the same payroll. I have the same insurance I have to pay. Cash doesn't do yeah. me any favor. In fact, it's actually worse because I have to put the cash into my bank account. <laughs> right? And then, you know, that's just time and money. Right? Yeah. So um, cash is not, not always that great. And uh, we've been able to negotiate a pretty good rate with our, uh, our merchant. Mm -hmm. So where we don't even charge a rate, you know, anything more for people that use credit cards. Yeah. We kind of like, it's kind of in the business number. Yeah. Like we know our numbers and like, it's kind of just there. And we just tell people, look, get the points in your credit card, you know, get that, the flight, your air miles. Yeah. Um, you know, cash is, you know, it's yeah. just not, not, not what it used to be when it comes to, especially in New York at least, mm. where everything's tracked. You need, you know, taxes, all that stuff. Sure. I mean, uh, listen, anything you do is tracked, right? So. And I think the biggest problem that, you know, you and me and a lot of small businesses are, having a problem with is uh, legitimacy. Like when I was trying to hire installers, mm -hmm. I one day went on Facebook and went to Marketplace, went to Shower Doors, and I called every single guy on that list that posting on Marketplace, Shower Doors, $1,000. Hey, do you want a job? Do you yeah. want a job? And I'd say I had 20 people respond. 18 of them didn't have a license, didn't have a registration on their truck, didn't have insurance. And, I was, and like, I'd be like, I need a driver's license. I don't have one. Well, it's, it hasn't been a problem yet. And it's like, we're, that's what we're competing against, Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. And like, we have overhead. You have this beautiful office. I have a shop. Mm -hmm. You know, we have trucks, registration, insurances, bills. Yep. And it's very hard to compete with that. But I think long term, you know, people will work themselves out. So, I mean, you bring, you bring up a, a huge point, uh, legitimacy. Um, 
you know, when I was kind of creating the company, uh, I leveraged applications like HomeAdvisor, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's a great platform to start out in. Uh, it's just, I saw some inconsistencies uh, with who was getting projects. You know, they were not quantifying. At that time, I don't know what they're doing now, um, you know, and they're still a great product. Uh, but at that time, they weren't qualifying the, the contractors that were on their platform. And, you know, me as a business owner, paying insurances, paying employees, paying benefits, let's call it, we're going to price out specific projects and decent sized projects. And I was always higher than normal, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, me being in sales and coming from another industry, I always followed up and asked why, what, you know, what, what made me not get the project? And I, I would call the customer and a lot of times it, it came to price and I flat out asked like, what was his price compared to mine? Yeah. Well, it was less than half. How is that even possible? Yeah. And it's possible because sometimes an employee just wants to work to feed his children, to feed his family. So he's going and in. I get for, it. Right? And, and, and I'm right there for him as well, too, because that's how the American dream was built. But at the same time, it penalizes and it hurts the people that are playing by the rules. Yeah. You know, and it's very tough. So um, scaling a business, again, yeah. on the residential side is kind of tough because as a homeowner, if someone comes and says, hey, I'm going to cut your grass for 75 bucks and you're paying someone else 125 I just need my grass cut. You know? Yeah. So like you don't really think, you know. Um, yeah. But I want to touch on what you said with um, following up with the client, even if you didn't get the job. Um, so on our follow-up program, when we send out the text messages, yeah. if we don't get the job, we always ask, Did we, can we do something better? Was there something that we did wrong? And sometimes, it was, most of the time, it's just you're, you were higher priced than the other guy. Yeah. Um, but with my builders, like I had, a, I had a client, a big client the other day approach me and say, hey, just letting you know your, your prices are very high. Compared to the competitor, sure. And I think the most, one of the most important, super things, helpful to know that. And I think one of the most helpful things for a small business owner like yourself and myself and guys our age is to know your numbers. Yeah. Because as soon as he's told, he told me that, and this has happened multiple times, I just said, "No, I'm not." Let I and I call. I said, "Look, I I understand what you're saying. I believe you, but I find that hard to believe because I know my numbers. I know my competitors' numbers. Can you? And I just said, "Can you send me?" So we can compare apples to apples that invoice. Yeah. And I hounded him for days and days and days. Hey, I need that invoice. I need, and eventually I got it. And it turns out the invoice was from March of 2022. And in June, June 1st <laughs> of 2022, nationwide glass had a 40% increase. And 40%? I said, and I said to him, I said, look, my numbers were within 15% of this price before the increase. Yeah. I was like, I guarantee you, if you this same company priced it out, because I didn't know who the company was, I just saw the breakdown so mm -hmm. I could make sure I was using the same hardware, the same glass, the same layouts, everything. I was like, if you had the same company prices now, I guarantee you they'd be $500 more than me per shower. Yeah. And I think like just knowing your numbers and standing by your numbers yeah. um, is important. Even if you are higher priced, you know, and I think what's to our advantage is a lot of the guys now, and there's a lot of people our age that are in the money, making big money, building homes, they are weary of using somebody that may not be here in 20, 30 years. Sure. You know, I'm 35, um, you're, how old are you? 30, uh, 36. 36, yeah. so in 20 years, 30 years, there's a good chance we're still gonna be here. We have families here. Yeah. And when I offer a lifetime craftsmanship, yeah. you know, my lifetime is different than somebody that's looking to retire and move out of state. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's important as well. So you, you brought up like a bunch of good points. I'm just taking notes as we're going. So 
you talked about price increases. Um, you know, again, from the painting side, we saw double digits within two years um, from both major, you know, providers from Sherwin-Williams to Benjamin Moore, um, you know, uh, even, you know, the smaller products we're using to the brushes and, you know, the rollers. Um, so I, I totally get where that's going. And it's very tough to submit a bid because a lot of times a typical sales cycle and correct me if I'm wrong on your end as well, too, can take six months to a year sometimes. Right. So how do you justify that hold, you know, like as a smaller business, like it's almost impossible because you get you to like holding in numbers. I mean, look, I mean, let's say, for instance, you put a you, you put a bid in three months before that 40 percent increase. That's a huge nut to cover. Yeah, it is. I mean, we have it in our as soon as we send a bid out, we only since since COVID, since those price increases, yeah. we only honor our numbers for 10 days. 10 days. Now, generally, yeah. those numbers don't change. Yeah. I, I've had, we've had quotes so, quoted two, three Let's stop later. there. Let's stop there. You honor your numbers for 10 days, but who does that fall on? Is that the end user or a contractor or a GC? Because a contractor or a GC might put a bid in for a house. Yeah. I mean, I just dealt with this with a client. It's a big bid, yeah. big house in Montauk. It's a year out. And we gave him a number. And I said, look, you know, I can't hold these numbers for a year because I can't control it. Yeah. What I can do is as soon as I get word that there's a price increase, I will send you the letter from the manufacturer. Yeah. And that will be the price increase. Yeah. It's not that I'm trying to make any more money on it. You don't want to lose. All I can do is forward you that email. Now, if there's yeah. no price increase, that's fine. If our if we negotiate better numbers and the price goes down, even better. Yeah. Hardly ever going to go down. How often do you get those letters? Like knowledge, like information and knowledge on your pricing super huge right so like, during covid we got um it seemed like every month we we're getting like seven percent eight percent nine percent and then june of last year or i think we got the letter in april or may that june 1st it was going to be it was averaged out to about 40 percent on all glass products nationwide what? and we got it from all of our suppliers yeah and it was you know different it was like 38 percent on clear 45 percent or whatever it was are big box retailers seeing that as well too, like the Home Depots, the Lowe's, because I know they offer some glass services or... I think the difference is that we're getting a lot of our product from North America. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the glasses, you know, manufactured in Canada. Yeah. Whereas the big box stores, a lot of the glasses coming from overseas. Yeah. How, how, does a, how does an end user know where the glass is coming from? Like, because well, that's kind of scary. I know the, the, the overseas glass is dangerous, right? I mean, I, I don't know about dangerous. I don't want to speak on that and I don't want to yeah, yeah, sure, put myself 100%. in a bind on that, but... Quality-wise, we're able to control the quality a lot more. Yeah, knowing that my suppliers are using you know manufacturing in North America. Yeah, um, and we're keeping it in the states. You know. Yeah, I mean states in Canada. I mean North America. Sure. Um, but overall, I was like, we get a lot of calls and people are like, well, I saw this at Home Depot or Wayfair. I'm like, <laughs> Wayfair. I'm like, okay, like yeah. it's not precision fit to your shower. Yeah. For one, two, the quality is not there. Three, you're not getting a lifetime, and who's going to put it in? Yeah. Like you still have to pay somebody to put it in and people are going to charge, you know, by, by the end of the day, it ends up being roughly from what I've seen two to $300 more to have me come in yeah. or a company like mine and precision fit a piece of glass and give you a warranty on it. Oh yeah. Uh, cheap costs money, ladies and gentlemen, just keep yep. that in mind. Well, so you get a cheap, fast and uh, good. I, I you can have a combination of two, but not all three. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I know, I know the, uh, the, the, the saying I can't, verbatim give it back to you but uh, no you're absolutely right like cheap fast or good you got to pick one of them right yeah you can't have all three yeah it can be fast you know but yeah. not cheap yeah 
So uh, let's go into, you know, you, you, br you brought up a good point on who's installing it. Uh, you're building a business where you're going to be here for quite some time. What does that warranty look like? So, I mean, we warranty our craftsmanship. So what, what does ever, that mean? So if, you know, glass doors, they come out of alignment, you know, they sag. We'll come back. We'll fix them. You know, we'll Hold on. Glass doors sag. Tell me about that. <laughs> well, when you're using like a glass to glass hinge, you know, you have a heavy piece of glass. Yeah. Hinged off a wall or another piece of glass. Sure. And it's a rubber gasket on a hinge. And over time, sometimes, you know, they could slip a little bit. Um, that's something you guys That's fix. something we come back. We, we readjust the door. Yeah. If a handle gets loose, it's a set screw. We'll come back, readjust it. Yeah. Obviously, we can't warranty glass breakage because sure. how you use your glass or what you're doing on your yeah. glass, slamming doors, we can't warranty that portion yeah. of it. But craftsmanship-wise, we warranty that. Yeah. Um, so lifetime, if a handle comes loose, hinge comes loose, whatever happens, yeah. you know, hinge breaks, yeah. something like that, we'll, you know, we'll take care of it. I saw some cool things you've been doing with like glass headers, like eliminating that piece of metal. Yeah, we do ghost headers. So, oh, you know, glass talk about glass. that. What's that? So, uh, you know, sometimes you need a header for different size glass hinging doors and the traditional ways to use metal. Um, we, you know, we use what we call a ghost header and a lot of guys, you know, use different names for them. Yeah. But it's just pretty much you run a piece of glass to connect all the glass, make it a little bit sturdier um, and just make it more robust so it just holds up a little bit better that's pretty cool that's pretty cool have you seen i don't know i'm just kind of spitballing ideas here how they have like barn doors is there like gar like glass barn doors yeah we do barn doors we do office doors like that so they're hanging from like yeah one single track across the top and yeah. if you want both doors to move it's like an h bracket that's H bar. Cool. yeah single doors round or square yeah um the systems for like the outside of office doors like mm -hmm. a barn door or office door yeah and with the printing we can print images we can print like privacy screens and make it customized like print spa on it or you know gym sure. or wine room yeah and you know so there's a lot more customization than the traditional shadow glass and mirror shop can you etch into glass i know like some hotels are like ada regulated where you know, um, you know, someone who needs to feel some braille or something. You guys do any of that? So we can etch glass. Yeah. Um, you know, etching you know, like the original privacy bands and stuff like that's all acid. You know, acid etched or cool. uh, sandblasted. Yeah. Is there like, uh, is there like, can I be like one of those like, you know, Marvel characters where I, I hit a button and like the glass is like frosts up and goes? Yeah. So the switchable glass. We're actually doing a project now. Um, oh. Out, out in West Hampton Beach. And with, it's going to be switchable glass. Uh, switchable glass is yeah, what you call it? So, so it's smart glass, switchable glass, yeah. privacy glass. Um, sure. So it's a low voltage layer of glass. Uh -huh. um, and that's like in between the glass? So there's two options. The in between is what we install generally. Yeah. Because um, that just comes in a package. And then we, you know, low voltage wires. They can connect to a transformer in the yeah. wall. Um, but this client in particular is going to do a film. So we have a third party company coming out to apply the film. Mm, that's cool. um, so they're going to come on site while we're installing, apply the film. We're going to put it, install it. Mm -hmm. And then the electricians are going to hook everything up. I, it's very pricey. Yeah. Um, it's very popular. Everybody wants it mm -hmm. until they see the price tag. Yeah. Um, and it, in wet environments, the films may not do as well because mm -hmm. um, it's water and yeah. electric and films and stuff like that. So. I'm just kind of spitballing here, but like, I kind of want to be Iron Man with like glass and have like a hologram. Is that like real? Like, does that something? Have you seen that before? I haven't seen that like the hologram. Yeah. But I'm sure it's possible. I mean. Yeah. Some if somebody o wanted OLED, it, you know. Yeah. Like, somebody wanted it. I would yeah. be on the phone that day with my supplier and sure. try to figure out. If you want to donate a glass for the Builder Circle podcast, we can. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll get something in here. Maybe we'll get like a yeah. we can get a printed Builder Circle logo yeah. on a piece of glass. I want to touch it and it be reactive to my touches. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. There's a lot of stuff going on in the glass world as as we can see here. Uh, all right, so um, you know we've we've covered a lot of topics. Um, I how about you? We haven't you know you haven't touched on you and Optimus Primers and. <laughs> Yeah, it's the first. It's the first one. We need yeah, to know who you I, are. Yeah, I, I guess you're, you're absolutely right. So, um, oh, man, this is gonna be a long podcast. So, uh, <laughs> you got something to do? Yeah, no, no, I'm good. I'm just, I'm here with you, man. Just, you know. So, uh, yeah, mm. Optimus primers. Uh, so, I spent a lot of time in technology. Um, I worked for retail analytic companies where we used to track individuals going through like retail establishments, like uh, Simon Realty Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would do like traffic counts, head counts, and all that good stuff through cameras. Then we'd leverage like uh, Wi-Fi uh, to triangulate people within a retail environment. And then you know we we try to uh, use Bluetooth beacons for direct target marketing um, with like loyalty applications. I don't want to go too far into it. And then you know I kind of progressed my career through like surveillance, tracking. Um, uh, Delivery last mile, uh, sending notifications through like people driving like a cable vision operator or like GCS class, maybe like a technician coming to a location, you would use a service like this. And I worked all the way up to Salesforce and I got to a point in my career where I was just like, corporate's not for me. You know, I, I um, and not only that, it was like technology really was progressing too fast. And I feel that when I got into technology, it wasn't as um, competitive and it just became like everyone was doing it. So you had to be better than everyone else. And uh, if you're not interested or if you lose interest or if you're not passionate, you lose that sense of drive. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of that, I was, uh, you know, traveling a lot. Uh, I had just gotten married. My wife was complaining and wanted to have kids right no. so it's very hard to he didn't mean that at all yeah <laughs> it's very hard to uh to create uh or to create a family or to you know what i mean like i i get other people do it and same thing with me when i was on the boats like yeah. it's you know it's hard it's, it's exactly. some people do it yeah and god bless them and i you know i i envy them and you know good luck but um you know i uh, i kind of put my head down and I found a way, you know, Nicole said to me, what can you do that you already know? So I was in technology for a better part of 15 years. My father owned a painting company down in Florida, uh, Thassos Enterprises. Um, I grew up in the industry. I wasn't a painter by any means, right? But like I sat in the office, I understood a couple of things and I developed an eye and that I was being able to see certain things. And I think, just to stop you there, I think what you just said is important because in any industry, you don't have to be the best at the job. You need to be the best at managing the business. Yeah. Like I'm, I admit I'm not the best installer. I can install. I'm not the best. Yeah. But if you surround yourself with the best installers, the best painters, mm-hmm. but you know the industry inside and out, you know the products and all that, you can build a business around something you know. Even if you're not the, you have to be, you have to be able to do the job sure. and show somebody. But you don't need to be the best at that job. To build a business, I feel. Listen, you're you're absolutely right. Um, owning a painting company or a glass company, owning and actually installing the glass or painting a wall is two different things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, when people ask me what do you do for work, you know, in the beginning, 
couple years ago, I was like, I'm a painter. And then it became, I own a painting company. And then it became, uh, I don't know how many businesses I own now. <laughs> but that's a whole other subject. But yeah, it became one of those things, right? It's like not, um, not experiencing things uh, will not get you anywhere. So I became, I was a painter. So I, 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 I pivoted. And I was like, all right, we'll create this painting company. And Trevor created this beautiful name, which is my wife's co-teacher. Um, you know, I was, I was trying to find something nostalgic with people that were our age and involved some painting. And it was just like Optimus Primers, right? So I can't take credit for that, but I can take credit <laughs> for the branding and, and, and logo. Um, and I just saw this vision in my head of what I wanted OP to be. I wanted it to be bold. I wanted it to be trustworthy. And I wanted to just kind of, people would be like, oh, let's just call OP, right? Um, and Optimus Primers kind of started to transpire into branding. And I didn't go and open the business right away. I was working a second job, you know, and a lot of you individuals out there that are looking to do something like this or to become an entrepreneur and open your own thing, you have to take that initial push. You have to take that risk. I know you did. And I know you are still. Um, and I don't wake up every, you know, I wake up every morning and I'm like, something's going to happen today where I have to risk something. Mm -hmm. It's never just kind of handed to you. Your day to day, you never know what it is. Like my wife would be like, what's your day look like? I have a plan, <laughs> but it's never that as yeah. a business owner. Um, so just kind of stick to that. So I started painting. Um, I understood what it took to paint. I was horrible at it, but uh, I knew what it took to be better. And I used that to the employees that I brought on. Uh, we started off with a few employees, a couple guys here and there. I started noticing real quickly like what talent actually looked like mm -hmm. based on how much money you pay these people. <laughs> Then I started really understanding legalities, insurances, workman's comp, uh, travel charges, trip charges, like really understanding that business because when people start an industry or start within a certain industry, they don't know everything right away. I mean, I didn't have chat GBT to make me a business plan, man. You know, I was kind of like, all right, I want a painting company, let's do it, you know? And that pushed me into just making mistakes. And I constantly make mistakes. We all do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just the, the, the trick is not to do it twice. Yeah. Um, at least not a third time. Yeah, twice, least, twice, twice, twice is okay. <laughs> third time is okay. That's <laughs> tough, right? But I think it's also hard to find um, people to guide you in the industry. Yeah. Um, and I think it's across the board. Like when I was on the tugs, I found the best captains, to work, the best captains out there, the best boat handlers were the guys that were willing to teach you. Sure. Because they weren't worried about you taking their job. Yeah. The guys that wouldn't teach you, that refused to teach you, kind of sidelined you, they were worried that you were going to be better than them yeah. and take their job. And I think, I think in our industry, I think it's hard to find a contractor that's willing to share his experiences with you yeah. because they're worried about the competition. I think, you know, that's, that's a huge point, right? So... I think those contractors should actually embrace that because you said it yourself, we're dealing with people that are within our age group. A true tradesman want to make sure that the trade that he's in is not garbage. Yeah. You know, like a true carpenter will teach someone else to be a true carpenter. It doesn't have to be 50 people. It could be five, you know, and they grow and they teach and they progress. Yeah. You know, and the same thing with me. Like my father taught me a couple of things that other people will never know. Like, for instance, from the managerial standpoint, if a painter walks into my office and he's wearing, you know, Jordan skinny jeans and like a T-shirt, to me, he's not a painter. 
A painter is going to walk in with whites. He's going to be like, hey, I am a painter. I'm coming in to interview as a painter. If he's dirty whites, then he's a dirty painter. We don't want him. <laughs> uh, but if he's, you know what I'm saying? Like that puts you apart from everyone else. And you don't learn that. You, it's like natural. It's like experience. Like you can't do that anymore. Um, another big point is we don't have enough trades people, right? Like you said it yeah. yourself. Like you called all these people on Facebook. You're looking for certain individuals. Excuse me. <clears throat> and that trades personality or, or the bodies are just not there anymore. And believe it or not, more people now are moving into that trades aspect again because there's a lot of money to be made in this industry. But I, I find a lot of people <clears throat> they get into it with, and I and I love it. They want to be their own boss. They want to open their own company, and they don't realize how much work goes into it. Yeah. And I think some people are just great employees. Yeah. And I think some people are great owner operators. Yeah. I think some people are great owners. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody needs to find their niche because I feel like sometimes a great employee will do better as an employee than yeah. they will as an owner and an operator. Yeah. Um, just because of, like you said, legalities and yeah. you know licenses and all this stuff. And sometimes it's just easier, not easier, but sometimes people can be more lucrative for them if they just are the best at their job as an employee. Yeah. I think it's hard to find. Nobody wants to be an employee, and I think that's hard. Because I, I love it, because yeah. I don't want to be an employee. Yeah. But at the same time, nobody wants, so it's very hard to hire. So I, there's a, someone asked me once a long time ago, I can't remember for the life of me who it was, I always want to say it was my father, but he's Greek, so I don't know how it translates to Greek. But they're like, who do you want to be? You want to be the guy digging the ditch or the guy telling the person to dig the ditch? And... At one point, I was like, I wanted to be the guy in the trailer telling the guy, tell the guy to do the mission. But at this point, I'm just the guy who pays the payroll, right? So um, you have to really work up to the position you want to be in. You can't just go into a business expecting you're going to succeed in every little thing you do. Now, there's some winners out there that can do that, and God bless them, you know. Uh, but you have to really take some strides. Mm -hmm. You have to take a lot of losses yeah. to, to hit that big W. Um, a lot of long nights. I mean, Sunday night. I'm out driving a Montauk at midnight in the pouring rain to deliver glass. Like, yeah. do you want to lose out on your family time? You know, like those are sacrifices you have to make. I think I think it's a big thing because um, you're thinking about the long haul, yeah. right? You're not like that nine to five. You know, let's punch in and punch out. Like when people ask me, like, how does your weekend look, or you know, like when do you stop? There's no stopping work. No. There's no nine to five for me. It's like Monday through Sunday, yeah. and then again. Yeah. There's no stopping, yeah. you know, and I have a, a very good friend of mine, a partner of mine. He goes to me, if someone calls you and you don't know who it is, you still pick up yeah. because at the end of that line, whether it's a Google telemarketer or one of the biggest contractors, a structured tone or Gilbane or an Aurora, and they're looking for something last minute and you accidentally just say, ah, you know what? I'm watching Gilbert Grape tonight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think timing is everything. Yeah. I do not, and it's funny because I have Diana now. If she passes a truck that has a number and they say they do bathrooms or renovations, yeah. she sends me a picture of it. Yeah. She actually sent me a picture one day and the guy was looking at her. Yeah. And when I called the guy, he said, Was your wife the one that took a picture of me this morning? Yeah, and you know, so like, and a lot of these jobs, like, it's timing. You call yeah. somebody, hey, do you need shower glass? Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, introduce yourself. Are you, and, at some point, I call these people every couple months, even if, and at some point, they're going to be like, I lost my glass guy, my glass guy retired, yeah. I'm mad at my glass guy. Well, you're there. You're up. You're there, and, you know, 
Um, a good buddy of mine, Paul Schmidt from Eastern America, always said to me, and I learned sales from him, he's like, out of sight, out of mind, right? So if you're not constantly in someone's face, whether it's now or whether it's six months from now, there could be an opportunity that yeah. arises because they have their own network and that network has a network and that group continues to grow, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so it's very important. Uh, I remember one day I was driving on the 495 and I thought I flicked you off. <laughs> oh, no, it was Matt. My, uh, <laughs> one of my I was like, I'm pretty positive that's Derek's truck. But, uh, and it looked just like Derek until I flicked this guy off. And, but you know what? He smiled at me. I smelled back at him. And yeah, I called him and said, did you get uh, flicked off? He said, yeah. <laughs> he said, I just assumed that it was you. <laughs> that's funny, man. That's funny. So, uh, yeah, man, so I created this company, right? And uh, we kind of are where we are today. And, you know, we're, uh, we're a fairly large crew. We're about 20 to 25 employees, depending on the seasons. Um, you know, summertime, we really ramp up. Hopefully by August, we're another 30 to 40 guys. Um, we try to keep everything in-house. I, I want to say 98% of our work's in-house. Um, I, sometimes I do have a sub every now and then, but, you know, it's not for, um, it's not for projects where they need a specialty niche or whatever. And, and, and the subs, uh, we have two that we use. Um, they work for me full time. Um, so I'm giving them a lot of work. They're pricing out jobs for me specifically and they're running around. Sometimes we do work out of state as well too. Um, but uh, That's cool when you get to go out of state. Yeah, it's not as cool, but I mean, it's yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Like you kind of work in it's like you're dealing with the legalities of the licensing and the insurance and making sure everything's up to par before you get out there but um yeah we kind of like that um so yeah i mean you know uh, i think a, a big part of my business relied on 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 you know social media how's that working out for you so i'm more of a door knocker oh um, i know i know you're huge on like calling people I, I call everybody, every number. If you have a ladder and a number in your truck, I'm probably going to call you at some point. Yeah. Um, just because I, even if you're not in the industry doing anything to do with bathrooms or glass, I'm going to call you, introduce myself. Maybe you know somebody. Maybe you, one of your clients needs something. Yeah. Um, if there's a house being built and there's no front door or tie back, yeah. I'm probably going to walk in yeah. and leave my car in one of the bathrooms. Oh, yeah. If I see you at a stoplight, I've been known to get yeah. out of the car at stoplights and yeah. give me a card. Um, so I, in my truck, <laughs> I'll tell you guys a little industry trick. I have one of those like, you know, safety vests, mm -hmm. you know, the bright green one, you know, and like a hard hat, always with a clipboard. And I've walked on to every job <laughs> as a foreman. <laughs> every job. And, you know, I get a little bit of an inspection going on. I, I see other trades that are working. And to tell you the truth, before when I said I wasn't as interested to progress in technology, Every day interests me to see creativity, progression. Whether you're a plumber, I mean, I've seen some beautiful roughing. Electricians that are clean, some of you are. Uh, but the way they throw their panels together and how neat they are. A, a framer, you know, framing a house without any shims. You know what I mean? Like, there are some true artists out there, and I really enjoy seeing yeah. that. And I think that's what kind of makes me want to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I really like walking on a project, seeing them in the framing stage or even just the, the foundation stage. Oh, and yeah. coming back to the glass later on and seeing the whole project through, which you yeah. don't see as just an installer. Like when you're an installer, when I was just doing installs, I'd show yeah. up for the job. Yeah. And that was it. Um, now you get to see a project progress all the way through, which yeah. is cool. No, it's, that's, um, that's super cool. And you start working with people and like the builders – 
they start asking your opinion or what's possible, what can we do, what's different. Mm. They want stuff that's different, like mm. the printing or, you know, we're working with a good steel guy now, so he's doing custom steel frames, which actually you guys came out and painted one of them mm. for a wine room yep. uh, a couple weeks ago. Yep. And it's cool to see other people like the steel guy I went to high school with. Mm. Um, Matt, who works for me now, we went to high school together. He was on one of the jobs the other day and somebody else who went to high school to, was out there working. So it's cool to see like people that you've known that have been in your life at some point in, the, same industry, in yeah. the industry, working on the same houses, in the same areas. You, you, you brought up a pretty cool point. Um, and you seem super knowledgeable on all the products that you have. Like how does someone within the glass industry stay that knowledgeable? Like, is it like, what are you using to? I mean, to when I was getting a haircut before here today, because I didn't know we were filming this, I didn't <laughs> get a haircut. I mean, I was watching videos sent to me by one of our suppliers on new products. Yeah. Um, I think it's. While just, you were getting a haircut? While I was getting a haircut. Um, I had my earbud and I actually called oh, and asked my question about it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I think you just have to take the time to see what's out there and ask. Because if you never ask what's possible, You'll never like most like unless you have a really, we have a really good sales rep with the glass company yeah um, who we use and he's very knowledgeable and he you know keeps us up to date but I feel like if you never ask like what's possible what's new what's trending what's what's different yeah what can you offer me that's different like yeah. even if it's not something that you're gonna sell to every client but it's something that they have that's different that maybe you can offer throw it on your website offer it to the right client yeah it kind of sets you apart. Yeah. Um, it gives you that edge over the regular guy that's just going to do the standard, you know, usual. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, as <clears throat> as you are a business owner or any entrepreneur is going to open up a business, I think that's being knowledgeable, number one, but being a sales guy. Like you have to be able to sell. Yeah. And I never consider myself a salesperson. No. But because you're knowledgeable and you're able to communicate about the product that you envy and love and cherish, whatever the case may be makes you sell the product you know and that's what customers are looking for customers are looking for knowledge they're looking for understanding they want to feel comfortable with the buyer yeah. you know and that's what sets us apart from everyone else so uh what advice would you give to someone who's interested in starting a business like glass or ask questions and talk to everybody uh in the industry out of the industry um just you know just pick everybody's brain for every amount of information you can get Take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, see what works for you. Mm -hmm. um, see what doesn't work for you. And yeah. that's just trial and error. Yeah. What works, what doesn't work. And build something that gives you the life that you want. Yeah. And I forget who, uh, who I was listening to the other day on one of the podcasts. They said that success isn't measured in one form. It's success is measured in what makes you happy. And wh whether it's... You know, if you want to be able to go fishing whenever you want, are you able to do that? It doesn't mean that you need to have a jet or, you know, 10 cars. Um, that's success for some people. But for some guys, it's just getting to a point where at any point in time, you can mm -hmm. say, I'm going to go fishing or I'm going to go hunting or I'm going to go, you know, go to a museum, whatever. Yeah. And I think when I heard that, I forget who said it um, recently, but I think that's important. Like, don't try to keep up with the next guy yeah. on his goals because his goals are different. Everybody's goals are different. Mm. Everybody has different drives. Yeah. Um, and you need to sit down and see what your goal is. Yeah. What you want to accomplish and, mm. and stick to that. Yeah. Don't try to, don't try to keep up with the guy next to you because maybe he's got a different drive or a different idea sure. or different connections, um, comes from a different background that gave him an edge or didn't give him an edge. But just 
you have to be happy. Yeah. Um, and you have to build that business. And I think the hardest part is if you're young and single, do it. Because mm. um, you're not, you don't have anybody else that's relying on you. Uh, you don't have anybody else to worry about. Risk it. Risk it all. Yeah. Because um, then's the time. You know, that is the time to risk everything. Put go all in. Yeah. Risk it. Go two feet in. Because if you fall on your face, guess what? It's only you. Yeah. And you can go back to doing what you're doing. I'm, you know, it's not great to have a fallback plan per se, but I know if everything went haywire, I can go drive a boat tomorrow. Yeah. Put me on any boat anywhere. I'm gonna drive it. Um, but I also know that I couldn't stall. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm not the greatest in stall, but I couldn't stall and make money. Guys, I'll tell you one thing. I've I've met some, I've met some interesting individuals in my life, and I've met some very hardworking individuals in my life. And I can tell you one thing: Derek is the hardest working individual I've met in my life. Because at one point when I met you, you were pushing like three jobs, yeah. and I didn't know where you had the time. <laughs> you had a daughter at home, and you were just working seven days a week probably 14, 15, 16 hour days. And, uh, you know, I really, I really appreciate you being a friend and, you know, a creator, a co-creator to this podcast. And uh, you're a huge asset. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, like, I, I don't know where this falls in this, but, uh, you know, I was here when this was just gutted. The, the office, right? The office here. Yeah. And uh, we met, what did we met at a, uh, we met at a TV or something? No, like we met at a uh, Sherman Williams color uh, show at the uh, Fox. Group. Yeah, I'm not even sure why I was there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why a glass guy yeah. was there. I got invited by somebody. Yeah. And uh, I saw this guy leaning in the door for him drinking a beer. I'm like, yeah, ah, looks like somebody I can talk to. And uh, yeah. you know, we talked and yeah. spoke for a while. Pretty sure I broke a bottle of wine going out to my car that night. Yeah, I want a nice uh, chair that you night. You did? Whatever happened to that chair? It's at my brother-in-law's house. It's a <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice chair. I go <laughs> where are you going to put this thing, man? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, no, uh, I think... Uh, and we just kind of progressed from there, right? Yeah. And like that we show... We just kind of hit it off. I mean, I think we have similar personalities. Um, we both kind of the drive the same thing. There, yeah. And, uh, you, know, you, you know, seeing what you've done with this place and like... You know, my office isn't nearly as nice as this. Yeah. But, like, when you built out this place and seeing what you've done and built, like, it pushes me to always do better. And, you know, I would, you know, honestly, I mean, I always think, you know, what would Demetri do? What would he like in this this space? And, uh, thank you. You know, like, because you have a very good eye. Like, this this office is is amazing. You know, you guys can see this painting on the wall up here. Um, Yeah. This was actually, uh, we, we, not this, this was added just now recently, the, the Inner Circle <laughs> podcast, but above here is Long Island and uh, a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Arlene from Arlene Murals. She'll be on the podcast here in a few months or a couple months or a couple weeks whenever she has time because she's extremely busy and booked out. Uh, but she came in here and I had this vision of me painting Long Island, which you see this guy over here, OP, and then... Uh, my partner, Chris, over here, he's like, I want to be in the corner bombing Queens with a spray can here. Um, but uh, she developed this and, and, and had it in her head and 45 minutes later she just kind of threw this out there. So if you're looking for a muralist, Arlene Murals, uh, she is the best. So uh, finally, Derek, where can our listeners find more about GCS Glass and the services you guys offer? So you can just go to gcs.glass, no.com, gcs.glass, um, gcs underscore glass on Instagram, uh, GCS Glass and Mirror on Facebook. Um, you'll see all our work. Uh, gcsglasspicks.com is our digital showroom for builders and designers and for homeowners you can go on there and look at all shower door hardware different layouts wine rooms mirrors um, so we're all over social media cool. we're you know phone call away awesome. and 
you know, you're listening to this in another state, Arizona, Santa Cruz, California. Yeah, Austin, t- tell, us, well, tell us all the coverage areas you can hit with GCS. So GCS is in Denver. Tom's out there. Um, Brandon's in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chance and Chris are out in Santa Cruz, California. Oh, wow. Um, Chance takes care of Austin. That's his um, location. Sure. And uh, that's where we are so far. And, you know, it's definitely going to expand. That's a lot, guys. I mean, we're looking to expand. And uh, a lot of guys are getting out. It's a good time to be coming up in any business. Oh, yeah. Because the baby boomers are getting out. And, uh, you know, it's time to expand and double down and brand and really go all in on this. Great. Well, you're here to hear, folks. GCS class coming at you. So that's all the time we have here in today's episode of the Builder Circle Podcast. Derek, thank you so much for sharing your insights, your experience. I mean... Super thanks, and you're going to be a regular on the show, right? Whenever you can. Awesome. Whenever you want. Uh, To all our listeners out there, be sure to check out GCS Glass for your blasting glazing needs. Until next time, this is Dimitri signing off. And guys, please like, subscribe, whatever you need to do on these social channels to help bring some followers and listeners. If you like what we are uh, kind of giving to you, please let us know. If there's something you want us to cover, reach out to us. If you want to be a guest, uh, shoot us a DM.